chapter 16. We're in Matthew chapter 16. We're covering the first 12 verses of this chapter. And um, the title of this morning's message is Watch and Beware of False Teachers. Watch and Beware of False Teachers. So let's, um, let's do this. Let's all stand to our feet and we're going to read these verses all together. So... Please join me. Matthew chapter 16, verse 1. says, And the Pharisees and Sadducees came and to test him, they asked him to show them a sign from heaven. He answered them, When it is evening, you say, It will be fair weather, for the sky is red. And in the morning, it will be stormy today, for the sky is red and threatening. You know how to interpret, interpret the appearance of the sky, but you cannot interpret the signs of of the times, an evil and adulterous generation seeks for a sign, but no sign will be given to it except the sign of Jonah. So he left them and departed. Verse 5 says, When the disciples reached the other side, they had forgotten to bring any bread. Jesus said to them, Watch and beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and Sadducees. And they began discussing it among themselves, saying, We brought no bread. But Jesus, aware of this, said, O you of little faith, why are you discussing among yourselves the fact that you have no bread? Do you not yet perceive? Do you not remember the five loaves for the five thousand and how many baskets you gathered? Or the seven loaves for the four thousand and how many baskets you gathered? How is it that you fail to understand that I did not speak about bread? Beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and Sadducees. Then they understood that he did not tell them to beware of the leaven of bread, but of the teaching of the Pharisees and Sadducees. Heavenly Father, we ask for your forgiveness of being deaf of ear. Lord, that as we even search your scriptures that we fail to see the truth in context. We fail to heed the warnings, the teachings, Lord, in ways that just saddens your heart. Lord, do you desire that we would be filled with knowledge, your wisdom, godly wisdom, godly knowledge, that we would bless and glorify you and live lives that are upright before you. And I pray this morning, Lord, that we would heed your word, understand its lesson, and apply it to our lives, to your glory. And so we commit this morning into your hands, Father. We thank you for your word. We hold it above all else. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. There are many people today that are asking questions about life, world events, and whether they have a greater meaning than just what is seen basically on the surface. There are many people today that have no discernment about life, world events, and the meaning of them. There are many people, not only in the world, but in the church who lack in discernment and are still looking for signs and wonders to continue believing, or maybe even come to believe in the saving and sustaining power of God. And many within the church lack in discernment, unfortunately, and to our shame, of false teachers. Jesus warns against both of these human tendencies in our passage this morning. It would do us well to listen closely to what the Lord has to say to us today. People are constantly looking for signs and wonders. uh, And the people who are doing so 
really can be preyed upon by those who are greedy and seek to take advantage of people who are desperate to believe anything that would fit what they want to believe rather than what is truth. People who believe they have the answer and are only looking for others who believe the same thing and desire to be affirmed in a group format, but are falsely confirmed. Even enemies come together when truth strikes at both of them, and their pride doesn't let them surrender to truth. The title of this morning's message is Watch and Beware of False Teachers. I'm not trying to be divisive. I'm not trying to teach something that is of my own opinion. I know that I will not fill stadiums with this teaching. I am very well aware of that. In fact, sometimes people leave because of this type of teaching. But I can tell you that I would rather stand with minority on God's truth than to be affirmed and have accolades coming at me from the world. Beware and watch out for false teachers. That is what comes from the very word of God. I'm simply teaching this morning on what exactly we read. You saw it with your own, with your own eyes. You uh, saw that it was plain and simple and how it is that Jesus corrected his disciples in their initial understanding of what he had told them. There are several positions we can come to understand this morning. Number one, we are the false teachers. That is hard to take, but please understand that we are not always the superheroes in the Bible. Sometimes we're the very people that the Lord is rebuking. Number two, we encourage the false teachers by following them, liking them, sharing them, doing all that. We are encouraging the false teachers by following them. And by the way, we're leading others down the wrong path. Number three, we are grossly blind, lacking personal perception to biblical teaching, lacking discernment due to lazy ignorance. We are called to be students of the Word of God. If you fail to be students of the Word of God, then you're actually being disobedient to the commandment of the Lord. And he says, if you love me, you will obey my commandments. It's pretty simple. Christianity is simple. And, and yet, pride wells up within us. We have lazy spirituality. We lack to do those things that the word clearly commands us to do. The lesson here is that the follower of Jesus Christ is not to be a sign seeker. I know a lot of people who are sign seekers, very superstitious. They want to see something. They want to be that person that is found in the Bible. Lord, if it's really your will, make this piece of carpet wet and the rest of the dirt dry. In case I was wrong, make that piece of carpet dry and the ground wet. By the way, you won't see that encouraged in the New Testament. We have sign seekers, superstitious people all over the place. We're waiting for the door to be opened when the word of God is plain before us. Just know that sometimes the opportunities that are before us are actually our enemy opening up that door. 
And it takes us away from the things of God, from fellowship, from Bible study, from growing in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior. Just know that those things are not of God. Be careful. Do not be a sign seeker because it's considered by the very word of God as a group of people who are evil and adulterous. We read it. You can see it for yourself. And we are to fully understand and receive the warning to know and avoid those people that are false teachers and their teaching. And I would add, avoid the group of people that follow them and justify the false teachers. 1 Corinthians 15.33 is very clear. Do not be deceived. Number one, bad company ruins good morals. Our association is very important and it tells much about us. This was the accusation Jesus was making to those who came looking for a sign and the warning Jesus gave to his followers. We would be wise to learn from this. 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17 says, All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. And that, of course, is the very heart of God, that we would be such people that we would be growing, that we would understand, that we would be discerning, we would be wise in the things that please the Lord. So number one, we see in the first four verses the identifying of the false, describing the false. Again, starting in verse one, it says, And the Pharisees and the Sadducees came, and to test him, they asked him to show them a sign from heaven. He answered them, when it is evening, you say it will be fair weather for the sky is red. And in the morning it will be stormy today for the sky is red and threatening. You know how to interpret the appearance of the sky, but you cannot interpret the signs of the times. An evil and adulterous generation seeks for a sign, but no sign will be given to it except the sign of Jonah. So he left them and departed. Number one, the Pharisees and the Sadducees joined They came to be on the same team. Beware. When their enemies, those who oppose God, come together to be on the same team. These two groups were not normally friendly toward each other. Uh, When they tested Jesus, it wasn't together up until this point. They tested Jesus, but separately. But on this occasion, they joined forces to test the Lord. The Pharisees followed oral tradition as well as the smallest details of the written law, while the Sadducees followed only the written law of the Hebrew Scriptures. The Pharisees believed in angels and the resurrection, while the Sadducees did not believe in the angels or resurrection. The Pharisees were not a part of the political system. They were separate, while the Sadducees were considered to be aristocrats. They were of the highest order of the social class of that day. The Sadducees were interested in maintaining their their power, prestige, and financial prowess, you could say, within the people. They sought to keep this by supporting uh, the Roman government and basically coming alongside them. Whenever enemies of God begin, uh, enemies of God begin to join forces, we need to beware. Beware, like there's something going on and something not good. It's not because they're correct in their beliefs that they stand together, but they stand together because they desire the same thing, to destroy the truth, because they know it will reveal what they really are and what they desire most. Power, prestige, position, wealth. 
All of those things. It threatens them. They requested proof. The Pharisees and Sadducees came to test Jesus and told him, hey, prove yourself. We want to see a sign delivered from heaven by your hand. This meant that they had known about the things of Jesus, those things that he had done, healing the sick and even raising some from the dead, as well as multiplying food. They, they knew all of these things, but they believe all this could be trickery. They were not convinced that Jesus had come from heaven. If Jesus could command a lightning bolt, perhaps, to come down from heaven and, let's just say, I don't know, consume the Romans? Well, that would be a sign worth believing. So they thought, right? This would prove. We, we want you to prove yourself who you are. It's interesting to me how this contrast, their response and reaction to what Jesus had done was quite different from what uh, the Gentiles did in response to seeing these signs and wonders. If you go back to Matthew chapter 15, verse 31, it says, So that the crowd wondered when they saw the mute speaking, the crippled, uh, the crippled healthy, the lame walking, and the blind seeing, and they glorified the God of Israel. But these religious leaders demanded more. They, they demanded a sign from heaven. We can perhaps demand a sign from heaven. Maybe, maybe gold dust coming down. Gold dust coming down from the sky. A dark cloud forming inside this building right here. Just look for it. Uncontrolled babble uttered by many people at the same time. Uncontrolled laughter or people barking like dogs or falling back and rolling on the ground. Going through a quote-unquote Holy Spirit fire tunnel such as Bethel and Jesus culture participate in and endorse. Maybe something like that would be enough to convince some people that the Spirit of God is present and working. But what does God have to say about this? This is really what I'm interested in. What does the Lord have to say about this? Not what other men have to say about it. I have no interest in what someone else has to say if it does not fall in line with the Word of God. I sure hope you're not interested in that. Well, Jesus does one thing. He rebukes the sign seekers. Verse 2 through 4 makes it very clear how it is that he rebukes the sign seekers. Remember that these were teachers, quote-unquote, of the law and respected among the Romans and the Jews. They were considered a noble and well-respected group of people, but Jesus rebukes them. He rebukes them. They knew how to read the appearance of the skies, but could not discern the signs of the times, the fulfilling of prophecies through Jesus Christ, the Son of God who was right before them. He was right there. Perhaps you've heard this saying before, red skies at night, sailors delight. Red skies in the morning, Sailor's warning. That they knew, but they couldn't see the Messiah that was right before their eyes. And they, they demanded more signs from heaven. More signs. I want more to believe. I want more before me. I want to see your power so that you could sustain my belief. 
knowledge and awareness of the world abounds. But really what matters most is the knowledge and awareness of who Jesus Christ is. That he is the Son of God. For through that one comes to know salvation. John 14, 6 says it very well. Jesus saying, I am the way and the truth and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. We could be that very generation. And we see it all the time. If we're not tickled, if we're not entertained, if we're not told what we want to hear, we do this thing called church skipping. We want to go somewhere else. We want to go somewhere where perhaps they have the very thing that I'm looking for. Well, what are you looking for? Quite honestly, as a pastor, what are you looking for? You really need to answer that. Is it a dynamic worship team? Oh, one that just like, man, just knocks my socks off when I come in. You know, 15, 20 minutes late, but what's the difference? You know, just, you know, I, I want them the moment I come in to just, <clears throat> just like feel it, right? That's what I want. That's what I'm looking for. My kids. My kids, you know, they, they, they just need a playground. They need swings and slides and, you know, something like that, that they could just come and, and really just enjoy themselves here. Raul, you, you know, you, you, you teach the word, but quite honestly... You fall short. <laughs> you know, you, you don't just grab my attention and just have me going. And, you know, you don't have all those funny jokes and, and, and you know, good stories, all of that. You know, you don't have all of that. So I'm going to go somewhere where it just kind of, you know, does have jokes and funny stories. And I can go on and on. And, and I wish I were wrong. But I can tell you that I've heard all of those. All of them. What are you looking for? Are you still looking for a show? I can tell you a few places where you can find a show. You want a motivational speaker? I can point you in the direction of motivational speakers. There are plenty around. They call themselves churches. But there are some places that they're not teaching the word of God. They're using illustrations with beer. They're thinking that they can be cool from the pulpit right? And really put on a show. That's what's going to hold people, but it's carnality. Are you looking for entertainment that feels good and exhilarating? Please know that the Bible never encourages testing and in fact says that we are not to test God, but to believe in what we do come to know. That Jesus is the Son of God and salvation comes only through Him. Do you only believe if certain things happen a certain way? These people were testing God by demanding a sign from heaven. Jesus called them out. This is not how to win friends and influence people, right? Jesus called them out. Evil. Evil. What exactly does evil mean? Well, wicked, immoral, depraved, false. Wicked. Jesus called them out 
as adulterous people. Untrue, false, deceitful, and unloyal to what they claim to be loyal to. Scripture, the very word of God. Jesus had already told them that there would be no other sign than the, than the sign of Jonah. And this was actually stated previously in Matthew chapter 29, verses 39 through 41. And then tells them once more here. Jesus then leaves them and departs with his disciples. He doesn't, he doesn't stay there to try and convince them otherwise. There's already been ample evidence of who he is up to that point. He simply points them out. What God desires most is when our sin is pointed out that we repent. Not that we are coddled and that we are like just brought in like, oh, you know, we all relate and all this and that. No, no, no. When our sin is pointed out, there's one thing and one thing only that God desires at that moment. Repent. Repent. And so he leaves. That's all he simply does is just he leaves and departs with his disciples. So number one, Jesus identifies the false. We ought to be able to do so as well today by testing what is taught against what scripture tells us in his word. Number two, learn to recognize the false. Verses five through 10, once more, when the disciples reached the other side, they had forgotten to bring any bread. Jesus said to them, watch and beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and Sadducees. And they began discussing it among themselves, saying, we brought no bread. But Jesus, aware of this, said, oh, you of little faith, why are you discussing among yourselves the fact that you have no bread? Do you not yet perceive? Do you not remember the five loaves for the 5,000 and how many baskets you gathered? Or the seven loaves for the 4,000 and how many baskets you gathered? So we need to learn to recognize the false. One learns to recognize the false by knowing the truth. And a perceptive person is, is able to discern when something that is not truth comes along. We, we, we must desire that discernment. Like when you see something, because you know the truth, that's not right. That there's, there's something wrong there. I, I don't know exactly what it is. If you can pinpoint it right away, at least there's some discernment. Like something's not right. Should drive you back to the word of God and so that you can clarify and understand what is not truth. Just because someone has been a part of a popular group doesn't confirm or justify that its existence is sound. Or else the popular and accepted groups of Pharisees and Sadducees would be confirmed to be just and sound by their simple popularity and acceptance by the world around them. Don't miss the lesson found in the Word of God. Don't miss it. It is the wisdom of God and it serves us in life and godliness through the knowledge of Jesus Christ, according to 2 Peter 1.3. The disciples missed Jesus' lesson initially. In his warning, when he said, they said, we brought no bread. What he says to them is, watch and beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and Sadducees. That was it. He, he didn't expound on that. He didn't like go into further detail. He simply told them, Hey, watch and beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and Sadducees. He had just gotten done being tested by them. He just got done rebuking them. They had the whole boat trip to the other side to think about these things. And they get there, and this, is, this should have been fresh in their minds. They get there like, we have no bread. 
when the Lord said, watch and beware of the leaven of the Pharisees. That reminds me, Peter, did you bring bread? Uh, No, John, I, I didn't. Oh, did any of you bring bread? No, we sure are hungry. Man, we're hungry, right? Call me crazy, but why? How? After having seen how Jesus multiplied the bread and fish, not once, but twice, now the disciples themselves are talking about, oh, we forgot it. They forgot. But isn't that like us today? Our memories fail us. Or at least we fail to exercise our memories. To fail at remembering how faithful God is, is to possess, as was said here, Jesus said, having little faith. Little faith. It's, it's really lacking in you. Number one, Jesus identifies them as having little faith. Verse 8 tells us this. Why? Because they just couldn't remember how Jesus provided for them with the 5,000 and then with the 4,000. But that is not what Jesus was referring to. He simply identified them as having little faith. You have forgotten. You have forgotten how faithful I am. You have forgotten how I multiplied the food to feed thousands of people. I am able. You forgot food? No problem. Right? So he calls them out as having little faith. Number two, Jesus refers to them as being imperceptive, lacking discernment and understanding according to verse 9. Jesus commands, and they fail to understand. Have you ever glossed over verses and even sections in the Bible and not understood what you just read? You ever done that? Or you just go along, right? Maybe you just relied on what other people had said about those verses without seeking to understand it, understanding personally of that word in context. And by studying it yourself and by the leading and teaching of the Holy Spirit. Failing to do so. Jesus gave his disciples a command. That's, what, that's all he did. He gave them a command. Watch and beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and Sadducees. Now, we're followers of Jesus Christ, right? Amen? Okay. If so, then he also gives you a commandment today. Number one, watch. Stand watch. Um, How many of you have served in the military? You guys stood watch? Yeah. You stand watch. What does that mean? It means to observe. This demands your understanding of what belongs and what doesn't. A soldier that stands watch is useless and even a liability if he doesn't know how to identify the enemy and when he is approaching. Observe, guard, protect, be on the alert, remain awake and clear-minded. Beware. What does that mean? Be cautious and alert to dangers. Be on guard. Know what can sink. Be careful, cautious, walk with care, watch your step, implying there are areas of danger, mines you can step on. Jesus identifies what his disciples were to watch and beware of. The leaven of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Watch and beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and Sadducees. 
It was very clear, very plain. Jesus was commanding them to be observant and walk cautiously, knowing how to identify and know the dangers of the false teaching of the Pharisees and Sadducees. So number one, Jesus identifies the false, describes the false. We ought to be able to do so as well today by testing what is taught against the Bible. Number two, Jesus commands the disciples to recognize false teaching. It's not an option. Their lives depend on it, and so do ours. And next, they get it. They get it. That's what God desires of us, that we come to a place to where, oh, I, I got it. Man, what a knucklehead. Man, I was so dense. Why didn't I see it before, right? It's okay. You know, if we didn't get it before, maybe perhaps at this point, ah, okay, I, I got it. I understand it. Verse 11 says, How is it that you fail to understand that I did not speak about bread? Beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and Sadducees. Then they understood what he did not, that he did not tell them to beware of the leaven of bread, but of the teaching of the Pharisees and Sadducees. You want to amaze God? Then read the Bible and fail to understand the plain message that lies within it in context. Just continue to read it over and over again and then fail to understand it. And it's like, it amazes him because it's plain, it's before us. He promises that the Holy Spirit would give us understanding. Jesus tells them, I am not speaking about bread, boys. It's, it's, not, it's not about the bread. And he said it again, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and Sadducees. And at that point, they're like, Oh, right? Oh, okay. Hi. I get it now. You, you get it, Peter? Yeah, John, I, I get it. We get it. Psalm 19, 10 and 11 says, More to be desired are they than gold, even much fine gold, sweeter also than honey and drippings of the honeycomb. Moreover, by them is your servant warned. In keeping them, there is great reward. What is that? The words of wisdom. God's word. Proverbs chapter 4, verses 5 through 9 says, Get wisdom, get insight, do not forget, and do not turn away from the words of my mouth. Do not forsake her, and she will keep you. Love her, and she will guard you. The beginning of wisdom is this. Get wisdom, and whatever you get, get insight. Prize her highly, and she will exalt you. She will honor you if you embrace her. She will place on your head a graceful garland. She will bestow on you a beautiful crown. Wisdom. God's word. That type of knowledge is exactly what we ought to desire above all else. Jesus did not generalize false teaching. You know, again, I told you at the very beginning that I, I don't, I, really, my intent is never to bring division. And by the way, this teaching is only for you. Okay? It, it's for the church that the Lord has entrusted to me. I'm not here to... to uh, bring up a dispute. I don't care to argue or anything like that. I do seek to teach, therefore giving you discernment and you, the refuge, understanding the word of God. Okay? As a pastor and the Lord's under-shepherd, I want to take heed of what it is that the word of God says 
And even here, Jesus was very specific. It's not just, hey, you know what? There are false teachers out there. Somewhere out there. No, he says, Pharisees and Sadducees, beware of their leaven, their false teaching. Beware of them. He told them exactly who to be aware of and the like. So, beware of teachers like Rick Warren. Let me give you some bullet points here. Uh, protege of Peter Drucker to create consumer-driven megachurch model. Cited as the father of the emergent church movement. Look that up. A strong advocate of contemplative prayer and encourages pastors to use centering, quote-unquote, and, bre- and breath prayers. Signed on to a common word between us that seeks common ground between Muslims and Christians. Gave the invocation at the presidential inauguration in January 2009, praying to uh, Isa the, uh, of the Quran, along with Jesus. New Age proponent Leonard Sweet, who calls himself an emergent church leader, trained many of Warren's church leaders and pastors at the 2008 Saddleback Small Groups Conference. Uses the message paraphrase of the Bible for much of his writings. Promoted on the speaker's corner of the Islamic Society of North America, an arm of the Muslim Brotherhood and a financier of the Hamas terror organization. Supports the work of Tony Blair and his global spiritualization movement. I can go on and on. There's, there's many more bullet points to that. Beware of Joel Osteen. He teaches a health, wealth, and prosperity gospel, which is not the gospel at all. Beware of Bethel and Hillsong. Beware of Priscilla Schreier, Benny Hinn, Joyce Meyer, Kenneth Copeland, Creflo Dollar, Rob Bell, Nar. that is the New Apostolic Reformation, Stephen Furtick, T.D. Jakes, Beth Moore, Paula White, and Oprah Winfrey, and many, many more. Have you heard of any of them? There's more. There's more. And stand by because we're, we are going to have, again, this is for refuge. You guys need to be aware. Look it up yourself. I, I, I'm not one that says, okay, so this is it right here. Without encouraging you, you go out and look, look at this stuff for yourself. Don't be deceived. Look it up. What do they teach? Where do they stand? We will have Sunday nights, starting in June, of going into details about these types of false teachers. Again, this is for refuge for the flock that I'm directly responsible for. I desire that you be informed and that you see for yourself the leaven that you ought to watch out for and beware of. The false teaching that is all around you and even amongst us within the church body. I pray not here, but beware because it is around. 2 Peter 2, 1 and 3, 1 through 3 says, But false prophets also arose among the people just as there will be false teachers among you, who will secretly bring in destructive heresies, even denying the master who, brought, who bought them, bringing upon themselves swift destruction, and many will follow their sensuality. And because of them, the way of truth will be blasphemed. And in their greed, they will exploit you with false words. Their de- condemnation from long ago is not idle, and their destruction is not asleep. And Peter, by the way, read the rest of that chapter. He goes on and on and on and on in regards to these false teachers. It was a warning. 
And I pray again that we, the church, would be sober-minded because we don't need our ears to be tickled. We don't need that. We need to be filled with the word of God. To have people encourage us and stir us up to good works by fellowship in the word of God. And in so doing, we grow up to be mature in the Lord. Knowing exactly where we stand. Not seeking the sensuality of the world to please the flesh or, or those around us to receive accolades from them. But simply stand on the, the word of God. And that's what we desire above all. Again, in just thinking, the, thinking about the church in Haiti, they have absolutely nothing. Nothing that we, they have nothing and they have everything. They were there, they weren't waiting for a time. They, they weren't asking for anything but just simply the word of God and to fellowship and to praise and worship God corporately. That's it. They're hungry for the word of God. Teach me. Tell, tell me. What, what is it that we need to learn, that we need to look at and as far as the word of God is, is concerned? That's, that's what they're, they're hungry for. Nothing more, nothing less. That's it. So what we have before us is, is a loving, a very compassionate teaching by Jesus Christ to his disciples. It was to watch and beware of the false teachers. So number one, Jesus identifies the false. We ought to be able to do so as well today by testing what is taught against the Bible. Number two, Jesus commands the disciples to recognize false teaching. It's not, a, not an option. Their lives depend on it and so do ours. And number three, watch and beware of false teachers. The lesson here is that the follower of Jesus Christ is not to be a sign seeker. The Bible considers that to be an evil and adulterous generation. But we are to fully understand and receive the warning to know and avoid those people that are false teachers and their teaching and those who follow them. Why? The danger is the leaven and what it can bring into our lives and into our fellowship. It's destruction. It's destructive. I read this and I, I don't know the source, but I thought it was very fitting. The danger of leaven. Satan's greatest ambassadors are not pimps, politicians, or power brokers, but unfortunately, pastors. His priests do not peddle a different religion, but a deadly perversion of the true one. Satan's soldiers do not make a full-out frontal assault, but work as secret agents sneaking into the opposing army. Satan's tactics are studied, clever, predictable, effective. Therefore, we must always remain vigilant. Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. You will recognize them by their fruits. Matthew chapter 7, verses 15 and 16. The good news in all of this is that the truth is found in Christ. Again, I point you to John 14, 6, which says, I am the way and the truth and the life. And no one comes to the Father except through me, Jesus speaking. And if one is seeking godly wisdom, then the Bible says God will give it to each and every one of us who ask without doubting. He will give it to us without reproach, according to James chapter 1, verses 5 through 8. 
So watch and beware of false teachers. Their purpose is to destroy the disciple, even through small compromises that deaden our, heart, our hearts toward the Lord. That's what he seeks to do. And so that, that is the plain message that I give to you this morning. And I pray that us as the church would take heed, that we would listen closely, and we would be more discerning as we see what we have around us and we come to understand exactly what kind of teaching we have exposed ourselves to. Beware. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your loving and compassionate warning. I pray, Lord, that each and every one of us would, would definitely take heed, Lord, that we would listen to your word as a Holy Spirit. You would give us discernment, and Lord, we would know when we come across the false. Lord, we thank you that you are truth, and we can know truth and how to apply it to our lives and walk in it, that you may be honored and glorified. And so, Father, we submit ourselves to you once more. We surrender our wills to yours, and I pray, Father, that you would fill us with your Holy Spirit, that as we walk in the Spirit, that we would not fulfill the lust of the flesh. And so, Father, we praise you. We give you all the honor, and we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you.